You are listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. For more information, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. God, thank you for Joel. God, I thank you for what he does. Uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing about uh, this mission mindset that he has with this ministry of getting into these schools, getting to these kids, and uh, ultimately getting them to Jesus. And and every time I drive by um, an elementary school, especially, I'm just convicted of that when I see these kids out playing. God bless our children of our of this nation of the world, for that matter. But give them hope. Give them people in their life that will encourage them, that will love them, that will care for them, that will tell them, I'm proud of you. Ultimately, get them to Jesus. And uh, I, I pray that uh, what he's doing through through this ministry, God would just do that. Bless him a hundredfold. Continue to add people to this army of, of, of individuals who say, uh, we will fight for the hearts of our children because, because it desperately matters. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, at this time, I want to welcome Joel Penton to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. Joel, thank you for taking time and being on today's show. Thank you for having me. Hey, before we get into this LifeWise Academy and stuff, would you just take a moment, introduce yourself, who you are, and then maybe what got you to start uh, this academy? Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. I, uh, well, I'm from, I live here in Columbus, Ohio. I'm from Northwest Ohio, a little town called Van Wert, Ohio. Uh, very few people have heard of Van Wert. Usually people say they see signs for Van Wert on their way to somewhere they actually want to go. <laughs> but uh, I grew up in the church, but not as a believer. Uh, I didn't really get it. Um, I thought, you know, being a Christian was about being a good person or, or whatever. And I don't really remember hearing the gospel, though maybe I heard it a million times growing up. Until I was a freshman in high school, a youth pastor shared the gospel with me in a way that was clear, that I understood, and and my life changed. I mean, I was born again, new creation. You know, it was like Dorothy stepping out into Oz, like everything was different. And I had a all of a sudden this desire to tell others the gospel. I uh, kind of became an evangelist just sharing the gospel with anybody that would listen. I was like, why are we keeping this a secret or something? Come on. I mean, this is what uh, changed my life was this message. And so that actually turned into me becoming somewhat of a preacher. I uh, had a, some success on the football field. I eventually went on to play football at Ohio State, but that uh, platform combined with my passion for the gospel led to me getting a chance to be on stage and uh, speak to groups and learn to articulate the gospel to crowds and uh, spoke a bunch through college and then went into full-time speaking, doing evangelism in public schools. Uh, right after college, we would do daytime school assemblies, evening outreaches where students could come back and hear the gospel. It started with me and another guy. Quickly, the ministry grew. We've been in thousands of schools now over the past 15 years. But in 2018 is when I heard of this thing called released time religious instruction, uh, which, it, which we can talk about. But that's, when, that's really when LifeWise Academy, uh, which is now my sole, I don't do much speaking anymore, uh, but my sole focus is really uh, this amazing opportunity of LifeWise and Release Time, which I think is the greatest missed opportunity of the American church to reach the next generation. 
I heard everything you said, but it really bothered me that you played at Ohio State as a Notre Dame supporter. I, I think we should probably wrap this up. Um, no, yeah, I'm just kidding, sort of. Uh, hey, let's get into this. What is LifeWise Academy? Yeah, so LifeWise Academy is, I just used the term release time. The, the, the uh, legal term is released time religious instruction. It's a release mm -hmm. time program. And what release time religious instruction is, which is a mouthful, it's the practice of students being released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction, uh, provided the program is off school property, privately funded, and students have parental permission. Now, most people hear this, and for one, they don't even really catch what I just said, because it sounds so alien. Uh, this is <laughs> the critical, the critical phrase here is it's during school hours, right? Students are released. And actually what almost no one realizes is that the Supreme court ruled on this in 1952, that it's constitutional. Now more than half of the States in the nation have laws on the books about release time. Uh, but it's just been under the radar, this kind of underutilized, thing that, uh, that can have an incredible impact. And we know that from some of our, um, some of our examples. I mean, we have a program that actually inspired the start of LifeWise in my hometown that launched a program. They did a little survey. About 30% of kids are plugged into a church. So they launched this program. They bought a house next to the elementary school, started holding classes. Uh, you know, students walk over in groups, a couple classrooms at a time. It's coordinated with the school. They get classes once a week. They thought 30% of kids would sign up, but year one, 60% of kids signed up. And by year three, 95% wow. of the public elementary school students, grades one through five, over 600 kids in this little town are enrolled in this program, being taught the Bible each and every week, not as a state-funded comparative religions course or something, but it's local Christians coming together to say, hey, we want to teach the word of God to our local students. And that's what inspired the launch of LifeWise. Uh, and we've developed a program that any community can implement. So school, kids are dismissed and, you know, not everyone can have a house next, oh, not everyone can have a house next door. You know, if you can't, ideally, you got to be off the property. How do they get to these places? You know, third graders, parents said he's in. How, how does he get there? Sure. Well, we <clears throat> students are, I'll back up a little bit. It's, it tends to be worked into the specials rotation. So in the same way that students get art class once a week and gym class once a week, but they don't all get it at the same time. You know, it's a classroom right. at a time type of thing and the rotation students are released in that same way. So, if, you know, Mrs. Smith's second grade class on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock, whatever, you know, they'll, that's when they can have LifeWise there. They can go to, they go to the front door and then we have volunteers there that meet them and they either walk to an adjacent property. Mm -hmm. If we happen to have a facility on an adjacent property, or we pick them up on a bus or a shuttle and take them to the nearby facility. And it's about half and half right now. We have churches next door, homes that have been renovated, some even new buildings that we walk students. Otherwise we pick students up, which isn't complicated. They get on buses every day. And then we take them to a nearby church. Almost every school has a church within a mile. Uh, and then we, we teach them through the Bible. We bring them back and pick up a new batch. 
do you guys provide the curriculum? So if someone says, Hey, I'm, I'm starting to get interested in this, I, you know, will you guys give the lessons or how does, is it vacation Bible school type format? How, how do they kind of go spend this hour, hour and a half with you? Yeah, we do have curriculum. We have a licensing agreement with this fantastic curriculum uh, that some of your listeners may be aware of called the gospel project, yep. which it, it takes students through the entire Bible on, under our agreement. We take students grades one through five through the entire Bible, Genesis to Revelation over the course of five years. And every lesson teaches the passage takes a step back to say, how does it connect to the bigger picture of the gospel? You know, how does this point mm -hmm. to Jesus? And then thirdly, how does it transform our lives? And so we talk about head, heart, and hands. Number mm -hmm. one, what's the information there on the page? How do we get that into our head? Number two, how does that connect to our heart? You know, how does this point to Jesus who solves our heart issue of sin? And three hands, how does this change what we do? And, and that's part of the value that we try to bring. You know, we think that this, this concept of release time has been sitting around since 1952, in part because there's so many barriers to entry. You know, you have to basically start a private school. You got to figure out curriculum and teachers and payroll and policies and facility and, and all those things. And so what we're doing with LifeWise Academy is saying, how can we remove as many of those barriers as possible by providing the training and the infrastructure and the curriculum and even the donation receiving and processing and all of that so the communities can just focus on teaching kids. I love this because of the intentionality and there's a lot of grownups who've never gone through the Bible in five years or 55 years for that matter. And to take kids through that, connecting it to Jesus is, is critical to our lives and, and really having a biblical worldview. Um, I, I think, you know, you and I talked before we hit record that I think, believe you homeschool, we have our kids at a Christian school. Not everyone can do that. I, I understand that depending on your season of life and all those things, we have to be intentional with what our kids are being taught. And so are you hearing some stories now, that, some wins? We always hear the defeats. We always hear how terrible things are. What are some wins or some positive things that you're starting to hear to say, only God can do that? Yeah, well, we are seeing a lot of wins and it's almost overwhelming, the stories <laughs> that come in on a daily basis. Um, it, it, it makes me appreciate and strengthens my faith in the fact of what the scripture says, that the word of God is living and active and and, and it's powerful, it, it does change hearts um, just to hear about the, the kids' lives that are changing. There's a, we even have a video on this one kid that um, we started a program in a large um, affluent suburb here in Columbus and this kid comes to class and his life has changed and he goes home and he tells his parents, you know, you gotta know about this and, and will you guys please take me to church? And so this, uh, the teacher, actually, the kid tells the teacher, will you call my mom and ask her to take me to church? And so the teacher calls the mom and says, hey, will you go to this church? They look up who the pastor to, who the pastor is. Sure enough, it's the coach of a, a soccer team that the kid was on. And so now that whole family is plugged into church. They're doing nightly devotionals together as a family. Um, and this is a family that, you know, this kid didn't even know what a Bible was. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first thing when you think of, when you talk about getting it to public schools is we can't do that. Right. Like that's the first hesitation of how is this legal? What's the pushback? All the other garbage. We, we've allowed this to happen. 
you know, as, as a society, we've kind of allowed this to happen where, you know, even as believers, like, I don't know if we can do that. Well, why can't we not do that? And I think what you're doing, talking about, first of all, it's on the books. Second of all, here's what's happening, sharing some wins. This, this tide of our culture doesn't change unless the word of God permeates every aspect, you know, of, of, of our world, including our schools, doggone it. Our kids are so impressionable and to get them in there. How do you start to, how do you find new, new schools or do are people finding you? What's the turning point where someone says, all right, sign me up. I'm going to start to do this. Yeah, well, we've tried to make this as easy as possible because we do feel like we're at a critical, critical time, right? We've seen a slide. Everybody's seen it and in our culture and everybody feels it. And we're almost at this point where in some ways the timing's perfect because I think Christians are that we're more willing to link arms now than ever before. You know, we're looking around realizing, boy, if we don't get together on this thing, holy cow, what's going to happen? Um, and so what we've tried to do is make it as easy as possible. Um, on our website, um, we have a 10-step launch process. Uh, and the process very much kind of drives itself almost in a way. The first step is collecting signatures from the community of just people in the Christian community, various churches that say, yes, we'd like to see this in our community. The beautiful thing about that is that now it builds a database of people that can become potential leaders, volunteers, donors, that type of thing. And it, that group grows through that 10 step process. But again, that first step is just getting the word out. And so on our website, we have every single school district in the country has a web page on our site that you could go in your and just search find my school find your school district you'll find your page that at the top of the page will say would you like to see a bible education program for our local students and you can fill out that form that just says yes it's basically like a petition you know and then <clears throat> and then you can forward it around to other people and start to see you know put it on facebook and text it and email it and start to see who's interested and then we work our after we have 50 signatures we begin working our way through the process of forming a steering committee and so on and so forth and we have staff that walks the community through the whole thing what is the prerequisite for uh someone to uh so someone says i'm not a parent but i have a strong conviction about the, can, can they do something like this absolutely anybody can get the ball rolling okay. um and there aren't any real like leaders per se at the beginning. You can register as a champion, which just means I'm going to spread the word, but it's not until a few steps in that we form a steering committee. And at that point, the only prerequisites are that you are a member in good standing of a local church uh, and you're able to, you know, submit your yeah. church leader information. We reach out to them to, to make sure that, that you are, but yeah, I mean, we have people in, you know, we have grandparents, we have parents, we have people who've never had kids. I mean, anybody who's concerned about the future of their community and this nation, we encourage them to get involved. What, uh, what's the reach right now? So you say we got every, you know, school's website, or you can get, you know, you can find, how, how many states are you in? Is there any place that you're saying, hey, that's the next place, that's the next frontier we're working on? Um, you know, do you find yourself in certain states more than others? Yeah, now I will say we are a new program. So in 2018, yes. we learned this was possible. In 2019, we launched our first two programs here in Ohio in rural communities. 
2020, we launched a few more during the, during the pandemic. Uh, and so we, everything went really well. We were having over 60% of kids signed up and we started saying, let's try to do 25 schools by mm -hmm. 2025. But it started to blow up on us. And just this school year alone, the 2021 school year, we launched in an additional 28 schools. And so we're now serving uh, 20, I'm sorry, 36 schools across 27 school districts just in Ohio and Indiana right now. But we have on the docket uh, schools in Kentucky. We'll probably be launching in well, there's there's possibility in Kentucky, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Iowa, uh, Kansas, and even Georgia, some others. And so we're kind of turning that corner now of, okay, the concepts have been proven. How rapidly can we make this model available to coast to coast? Absolutely. You, you hit on it just briefly there, but I've seen it um, as a pastor. I've seen it as a podcaster, our discipleship community. The, the, the pandemic was the pandemic. Okay. There's a lot of bad that came out of it, but there was a lot of good that came out of it too. If, if you're looking for that, I think it made us refine some things, refocus some things. And for a lot of people hit reset for the first time, there was nothing on the docket. There was no little league schedule. I didn't have to go to any spring concerts, praise the Lord, anything like that. Those were done. Um, I, I've said for a while, the narrow road thinned out quite a bit during, during those things, as far as where we're at with stuff. Um, how 2018, 2019, you had no idea what was coming to 2020. You, you know, you talk about growth. What did you see during that pandemic that you said, I think because of our, of the way that we were living, because of the way that the, you know, the climate in the country was going, this was a good thing for, for our, for our Academy. Yeah. When it first, when the pandemic first hit, I was like, holy cow, I mean, this affects public schools. <laughs> Everything's going to come crumbling down, you know, like that was the initial thought. But I think that it was just such a shock to so many people that it ratcheted up the, the felt need, even among schools. So the felt need among Christians that we got to get together, the felt need among schools that, wow, we've got issues with our kids. We knew there are character issues. Now, you know, the mental health thing is real. Um, of course, we would talk about spiritual health and how that's tied to those things as a foundation. Um, but I think that maybe some conversations that maybe were challenging would have been challenging a couple of years ago as we talked to school administrators about this Bible education program in the middle of their school day, uh, that I, I think a lot of those conversations are probably going differently now because they realize, wow, we have such a need in the lives of these kids any chance we can have for the community to come alongside and invest in these kids that are so broken in so many ways, it's an opportunity that we need to take. And so, um, uh, yeah, post pandemic for us, I think it just it opened up things very wide. You talk about your website, you're, you're for the students, you're for the schools, you're for the communities. We often talk when we're frustrated in generalities, our nation, our culture, our, you know, whatever, how does getting, getting a kid, to go off site or to a, a building to learn about Jesus, to learn about the gospel, connecting it directly to their life, having an adult or adults, a team of them willing to do this. What's the bigger picture here? How does this start to change the communities that you and I live in? Yeah. Well, I don't think it's a silver bullet. Um, you know, it, it's not, you know, it's one piece of the puzzle, but I think it's a very important piece. You know, uh, we talk about, silence uh, or, or lack of Bible education in during the school day is not a neutral 
doesn't have a neutral effect. You know, you send a kid to public school for 30 hours a week and you're, you're basically saying, these are all the important things you need to know and not a single hour is spent teaching the Bible. That's not neutral. <laughs> That's saying that the Bible, the word of God is not important. And so think of how detrimental that is. And then the positive is just the other, you know, the, the benefit is just the other, the flip side of that to say, hey, you know what, we are going to pull you out of school in the middle of the day and set this time aside because this is important. This is foundational. And so sending that message, this is important. Of course, the, then the word of God itself goes to work in the lives of students. And we're seeing it have an effect on families. I mean, I tell people the analogy is that, you know, I played football in college. I played at Ohio State. Yes, we only played Notre Dame once and it, we stomped them. Um, have to give that to you. <laughs> but I, if you would have asked me if I would ever be, I, I mean, I would not have been caught dead at a soccer field because I grew up thinking that the uh, it's a tragedy anytime a decent athlete goes and plays soccer when they could be on a football field. Like that's how I grew up. But where do I spend my Saturdays now? I spend them at a soccer field because my kids play soccer. And that's the type of effect, you know, we're seeing in the lives of these families, you know, we're, we've gone through this stage in our culture of, what was it, the Puritans that said one generation believes it, uh, the next generation assumes it, the next generation rejects it. And we've gone through this stage where uh, a generation or two has kind of put this off, but there's enough of a residual positivity in the air about oh the the bible that's that's a positive thing that'd be that'd be okay for my my kids to be a part of and now we're seeing families where their kid they're putting their kids in it their kids are being a part of it and it's bringing that family back to say oh you know what this isn't just okay this needs to be the foundation of our lives it's so well first of all you're right ohio state always stomps notre dame that's my beef okay but um my my, my tension here is the I've watched a lot. I've watched Peppa Pig. I've watched Doodle Bops. I've watched some terrible cartoons through the years because my kids were all about it, right? Like I just wanted to appease them. I've gone to, a, I think I did a dance recital once. All these things. The point is, as men, we are charged to lead. We we are charged to protect. We are charged to provide. And I'll talk to dads who, you know, they'll they'll just they'll work these ridiculous hours to make as much money as possible because they want to buy the right house in the right school district. That sounds good on paper. But the reality is what you just said there. there. There's 30 hours a week with kids who are bringing all their stuff to these buildings, teachers bringing their stuff and all their ideologies and all this stuff to this building. And we get home working these jobs far. We got to drive an hour because we, we got to make the most money to live in the right house in the right district. And we got And then we get there and we ain't got nothing left. And most guys would admit that you, you gave your best seven hours ago. And, uh, you know, Vody Bauckham said that, you know, you send your kids off to um, basically be indoctrinated uh, by Caesar and wonder why they come home as Romans. And, and that's what's happening here. And doggone it, we, we got to wake up. Like, we got to wake up to this and say, we can't just keep going through the motions and check off the boxes or, hey, at least I'm providing well, whatever. There's something about protecting their heart. And I think we got to protect their heart at all costs, man. What would you say to that dad? He, he knows it. He's he stretched thin. His wife is working 60 hours too, because they want to live this certain life. What do you say to the family that just needs someone to tell them the truth for a second? What, go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, to the guy, I mean, I would just guys, I would say, you got to reverse engineer this thing, man. I mean, you need to look ahead five years, 10 years, 20 years, look ahead 100 years and say, what, what do you want the story to be? And then you got to go back and make that story. Like, that's why God has given you that brain. That's why God has given you that work ethic, that ability to get up early, that ability to stay up late and to solve problems is so you can think through the, of the building of God's kingdom and reverse engineer some of those things. And so it's a matter of priorities, you know, um, you know, don't think just, and maybe I was wrong to start at five years, 10 years, you know, start at a hundred years, <laughs> you know, because instead of thinking about that perfect house and that perfect neighborhood five years from now, uh, think about God's kingdom a hundred years from now. Uh, don't just think about your kids, uh, what they ha what they have access to as a teenager. Uh, think about their kids, you know, your grandkids, great grandkids, and start thinking legacy. You don't get to choose how you're remembered. You don't get to choose that. You don't get to choose what your kids remember about you. But I just think, I just think, you know, when when you do those things, when you make some sacrifices, and, and listen, I'm not talking to these guys. Maybe they are. Maybe there's some guys that are going to lead one of these these life. Maybe they will, but maybe they're going to champion someone else to say, "Hey, I, I'm for you, man. What do you need? I'm for you. I'm with you, um, brother." How, how do we get connected to what you're doing? How do we get more information? And how do we get that ball rolling for those guys that may want to start this? Yeah, well, I'll just say this again, LifeWise isn't a, a silver bullet, it, you know, um, it's a part of a bigger picture, but it is an important part. And if you think, boy, would it be valuable, wouldn't it be valuable for the public school students, and it might be your own kids, uh, in my community to be taught the Bible as part of their school day, yes, absolutely, it'd be valuable, it would be, be part of the transforming of your community. And so I would challenge anyone listening to take whatever the next step is appropriate for you. No, maybe you might not be the one who champions it, but you can get the message to somebody. Yeah. And if you can be the champion, do it. You know, we, we have a lot of men that step up and lead these programs and especially to get them going to spread the word. Um, men who are connected in the community and business and whatnot, you know, if you can be the champion, be it, here's how you do it. You go to our website and that's lifewiseacademy.org. Again, lifewise academy.org. We have a variety of videos on there you can watch to understand the concept, uh, to understand how it launches. But at the end of the day, go to the page that says, find your school, find your local school, sign your name on the list, and then just send it around to people. It's crazy how easy this snowball can get rolling. And God has the right people in these communities that will rise to the surface. We had a woman who found us online posted the link on her Facebook page and she woke up the next morning and it had like 75 signatures on her deal and things were rocking and rolling. And so if it sounds valuable, I'm telling you it is, then at least take that next step. At least take the next step. Amen. Hey, men listening uh, in the show notes, it's the first link. His website's the first link. So you click on that. I'll take you directly to where he's at. Uh, it's unfortunate you played Ohio State. We do have a coach now who is from Ohio State. So I guess I'll have to soften that stance for a minute, but I, I played with him. I played with Marcus. Marcus and I actually spoke at, at uh, outreaches and stuff back today. He's a he's a traitor. A little bit, a little bit. Um, yeah, we're we're excited about that. So, uh, Joel, thank you for taking time being on today's show. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. If you would, make sure to visit iTunes and leave a five-star review to let others know what you think of this show. When you get a chance, make sure to visit thepursuitofmanliness.com to see what is available in the gear store, find more information out about Tribe, and much more. Thanks for listening, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness. Manliness.